the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, have you ever felt like your life is more like a war zone than a tranquil oasis? Well, if that's you, fear not. There is hope for you because tonight we're bringing you part 24. That's right, 24. We've been on this series for a while now, and it's entitled Peace in the Battle. Have you ever stepped out of your home, got in your car, and got on the freeway and felt like you were in a battle? Did you step into your office and sit down in your cubicle or at your desk and realize, I'm in a battle? You got home the next that night, and everything is chaos in your home, and you feel like, my word, I'm in a battle. Oftentimes, when we hear the word battlefield, we quickly envision a literal battle with bombs going off, machine gun fire all around, people running, soldiers shouting, throwing grenades, look out! Sometimes we feel like we just stepped on a landmine because <laughs> we're in the midst of a battle. And that battle is just, it's not only in the physical realm, but there's a battle raging in our thoughts. There's a battle raging in our minds as we go to and fro about our business on a daily basis, fighting a battle. Sometimes it seems like the battle will never end, but don't be, don't despair. There is good news. There's good news for this battle that's raging in the hearts, this battle that's raging in the mind. There's good news. You can find peace in the midst of this battlefield. But you say, Brother Gary, how can we find that peace? Where is that peace? What is that peace? I need that peace. I'm glad you asked because if you want to find out, you're going to have to stay tuned because we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And as Brother Gary has said, we've been doing this series for quite a while now, and we trust that you've been truly blessed by the series. We know that we've been blessed by just uh, teaching it and uh, preparing it for you. And I want to say this by way of introduction. You know, we uh, are living in a world today where the devil is being successful at taking away the peace of so many people, not only people in the churches, but outside the churches. And when he does this, he reaps havoc in people's lives, in their homes, marriages, churches, communities government, nations. Satan started all this stuff in heaven. And uh, when he was an angel, he started all this stuff, and then he took it right into the Garden of Eden. And ever since, he's been attacking uh, humanity, trying to steal their peace 
and their peace of mind. And he does this successfully by creating what we're going to be talking about tonight, strife and division. Now, I want to talk to you tonight about uh, eight things that cause a strife and division, eight things that cause a strife and division. And you might want to write these down and share it in your home, share it in your marriage, share it in your churches, share it uh, in your community, share it, you know, uh, those who are listening on the radio uh, may get blessed by this and want to share it in a Bible study. <clears throat> but share these eight points that cause a strife and division, and behind it all is the enemy, sowing discord among the brethren. Number one, as a means of review, you know, uh, the enemy causes strife and division by hatred, because hatred causes strife, and we learned about that in Proverbs 10 and 12. Hatred stirs up strife. That's what we said. And we're living in a world by which people are so hateful. You know, we see people uh, hating people, hating different races, uh, killing people because they hate them. And Jesus said, the love of many shall wax cold. <laughs> Aren't we living in that world today? The love of many is waxing cold. That's so true. And it's going to get worse and worse. Because man today, he loves pleasure more than God. That's what Paul was talking about. Number two, a perverse and violent people cause strife. And we see this is the result of hatred. See, when a person is hateful, they will fulfill this second point, a perverse and violent people cause strife. And we see this all around the world today, and violence is everywhere. You never know when you're going to be your last day on this planet. That's how evil, evil has become. And uh, God said it way back in the days of Noah, that man did what was right in his own eyes, and he's doing that today. Not in the eyes of the Lord, but what is right, he thinks is right in his own eyes. Number three, an aggressive nature causes strife, an aggressive nature. And we see this in marches. People are not marching in, a lot of times, in peaceful ways. They're marching aggressively, and it's causing others to fight in the streets. You see, they don't have the peace of God because they wouldn't have this aggressive spirit. And then number four, scoffers, and scoffing causes strife. And we see this happening all around our world today, people scoffing a Christian worldview, smart mouths on them, mocking the God of the Bible, mo mocking the Bible, mocking truth. And uh, scoffers always love to create drama, and we learn about this in Proverbs 22 and 10. It says, drive out the mocker and out go strife. You know, this is so true. Number five, an out-of-control anger always causes strife. And not only does it cause strife, but it can also cause people to get killed. And we see this happening on the freeways. We see this domestic violence. We see this terrorist violence, you know, uh, and uh, this out-of-control anger. And, you know, it starts in the home, and then 
it goes places outside the home and into the streets and even sometimes into the churches. Uh, We're living in a sad day where people have an out-of-control anger, and the Bible says be angry and sin not. See, but if you don't listen to the Bible, you will sin. You know, and Proverbs 29 and 22 says, An angry man stirs up dissension, and a hot-tempered one commits many sins. That's so true. And, you know, one of the things that helps us to not be uh, cause others to get violent towards us is remembering Proverbs 15 and 1, where it says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stirs up anger. And that's so true. It stirs up anger. Now, number six, fleshly motivations causes strife. Fleshly motivations causes strife. And we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. The church of Corinth was a worldly, fleshly church, and they was motivated by the flesh, not the Holy Spirit. See, when people are controlled by the flesh and not the Spirit, then they cause strife in homes, marriages, churches, carnality. That's what it is. When carnality is out of control, then everything else is out of control. We need to be spirit-led, not fleshly-led. And that's why Paul says in Galatians 5, walk by the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's so true, and we need to remember that, and we need to apply that, you know, because one of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. You can't do this on your own. Number seven, the tongue, a, an ungodly tongue, an ungodly tongue always causes strife. An ungodly tongue always causes strife. You know, the tongue is like a gun. It can be used right or wrong. And people have killed more people with their tongue than people have done with guns. You know, that tongue is an out-of-control thing, as James talked about, a fire that is set on the fire of hell. And that is so true. You know, uh, we need to ask the Lord to control our hearts so he can control our tongues. And, you know, that tongue is always causing violence, causing dissension, causing division and strife in homes, churches, communities. And some people may not have a gift at all when it comes to the Holy Spirit, but they do have a gift of complaint with that tongue. And that's one of the things that kept the children of Israel out of Egypt. Do you not know that I, I give this as a trivia question? You know how many days it should have been for the children of Israel to get to the promised land? You ever thought about that? Think about that for a moment. Moment. How many days? It should have took them 11 days according to the Bible. <laughs> but do you not know it took them 40, 40 years? You know what? That's, that's, this, is, this is something because it's like it, it, it's when you think about the Word of God, you know, it, it's, uh, it's something where when we obey the Word of God, things become easy for us. But when we don't obey the Word of God, things become difficult, and it takes a long time for us to get where God wants us to get, just like the children of Israel. And a lot of them didn't make it to the promised land. Uh, the writer of Hebrews said many of them died in the wilderness because of unbelief. It took the Lord one night to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. It took them 40 years to get Egypt out of them. And that's so true. 
And it takes the Lord one night to save us and a lifetime to get our tongue and worldliness and the flesh out of us. You know, when we talk about the children of Israel, we got to look at ourselves because we reflect a lot of stuff that they were doing in their day. And number eight, and lastly, pride causes strife and division. Now, this is the number one sin behind all of it. This is the thing that caused Lucifer and in the Isaiah 14 to be expelled out of heaven because of pride. He said uh, five times, I will, I will, I will, that ego, that I, that personal pronoun, I will. And see, because he allowed pride in his heart, you know, strife came in his heart and division. And we find this so true today when we look at our world today and look at people who have fallen in churches and families and communities and all of these famous people, you know, falling by the wayside, middle-class uh, people falling by the wayside, and then lower-class people falling by the wayside because of the sin of pride. Proverbs 13 and 10 says, Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Oh, you need to take advice. You need to take this advice tonight of the Word of God. The Word of God is a book of peace, and Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when we turn to him, as it talks about throughout the New Testament, he will give us that peace and that rest. And you know, that's what we need today in dealing with a troubled world. The Bible says the wicked is like the troubled sea tossed to and fro. It, the reason why, because they don't have the peace of God, and Jesus is the peace of God, Isaiah 9 and 6. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. Well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. We want to begin by thanking everyone who's been a blessing to Contending for the Faith, especially those of you out there who are prayer warriors, prayer champions, and consistent in prayer, because this is a prayer-driven ministry. Without your prayers uh, and financial support, we would not be on the air as long as we have. And so we can't thank you enough for your prayers. And we want to thank those who stepped up to the plate financially over the last week. Uh, David, Bruce, Richard, and Carol, CR, Charles, Sandra, Jim, and Kim, we thank you so much for your dedication and for your consistency and your generosity to contending for the faith. It is so vitally important. And we want to encourage our listening audience that, you know, no amount is too small, nothing is too trivial. Uh, we we always say, you know, many hands make light work. And uh, as God puts something on your heart, whatever it is, you know, don't be afraid to send it. Don't be afraid to give it. You only have $5 and you think, oh, that's not going to make a difference. Well, it does. Because if we get $5 from 100 people, that's quite a bit of money right there. So just realize that nothing is too small or too ins- insignificant in God's hands. He can take it and multiply it and do amazing things with it. So we want to encourage you. If God is moving and stirring upon your heart to give, then go ahead and give. Um, we we have a, a deficit right now of $318 for this week, so we need your help. 
And if you've been blessed by Dr. Buckner's teachings, you know, all this time, well, you know, it's time to it's time to give. It's time to be a blessing right back. There's two ways you can donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much simpler. Just go online, uh, get on your laptop, your smartphone, and go to Contending Faith. That's contendingfaith.org contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. It's that simple. And you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. You know, it's so important that you continue to pray and that you're consistent in your prayers as well as being consistent in your giving so that we can be consistent um, being on the air to provide reasons and answers for faith. Speaking of uh, supplying reasons and answers for faith, Dr. Buckner is going to be teaching a new class it's entitled, What Does It Mean to Be an Extreme Disciple? You know, we have a lot of extreme sports. We have, <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> we have a lot of things with the word extreme in front of it. But have you ever thought about being a, an extreme disciple? You know, that's, that's hardcore. And so, you know, Jesus, is, Jesus wants people to stand up and become extreme about their faith and their belief in him. There are people every day that are putting their lives literally on the line across the world who are missionaries, who are standing up and are not afraid uh, to put their life on the line for what they believe about this Jesus. You know, we live in a country that we are so blessed right now, anyway, where we can gather and congregate and have church or Bible studies and do all these wonderful things without um, being persecuted. But there are places where you're taking your life in your hands if you if you claim the name of Jesus. And that's some extreme stuff. So we want to encourage you to find out what does it mean to be an extreme disciple, an extreme learner and follower of Jesus Christ. This class is uh, going to be held at the East Bay Baptist Association office. It's located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. The class will meet from September 9th to October 7th. So we want to encourage you, if this is something you want to do, you need to contact Dr. Buckner. And his number is area code 415-721-1778. Again, that number is area code 415-721-1778. Or you can email him at jlb as in boy, c as in cat, ftf at comcast.net. That's J-L-B-C-F-T-F at Comcast.net. And, you know, if you're um, wondering maybe what church I want to go to tomorrow, well, I want to encourage you to possibly check out Dr. Buckner. He's going to be a guest speaker tomorrow morning, September the 8th at 11 o'clock a.m. at the Living Word Chapel in Novato. It's at 19. 19- 29 Nevada Boulevard in Nevada, California. Uh, come on out and you'll enjoy his message. He's going to be guest speaking. Um, also remember Living Word Chapel members and their pastor and his wife. Um, they're, they're getting away uh, for a 15-year-old daughter who passed away, oh my goodness, in her sleep. And so they, they're struggling. So we want to encourage you to remember their pastor in, in prayer over the loss of their child, uh, so important. 
you know, tragedies happen and, you know, we rejoice when our brothers and sisters rejoice and we have sorrow when they have sorrow. So we want to remember them in prayer, remember Living Word Chapel members and their pastor and his wife. Um, And so we're thankful Dr. Buckner has been asked to be able to step in for them and to... um, to stand in the pulpit in their stead and to provide a message tomorrow. Again, it's going to be at the 11 o'clock a.m. service located at 1929 Novato Boulevard in Novato. It's called the Living Word Chapel. You won't want to miss it. If you're in the area, stop by and meet Dr. Buckner, and uh, it'll be an awesome time. He's going to bring his uh, members of his congregation over there, so it'll be a wonderful time of fellowship, wonderful time in the Word. Uh, and a wonderful opportunity to meet Dr. Buckner again. That's tomorrow, 11 a.m., sharp. So if you're looking for a church to visit, this would be a good time. Check them out. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. appreciate those announcements. You always do a good job in the Lord, and we appreciate you. And, and uh, again, uh, we do want to encourage some people to come out. And I'll be speaking at uh, the Living Word uh, Chapel September the 8th, which is uh, tomorrow, as well as September the 22nd. And I'll be bringing a two-part message on uh, why God allows about uh, seven or actually 11 reasons for suffering. Uh, And uh, so I think uh, the congregation there will be blessed, as well as those who come out, and also the class on Monday. We want to encourage you. You know, uh, most of Jesus' teachings was on uh, discipleship, you know, and you want to uh, be aware of that, and this class will help you with that. Uh, the word uh, Christian is mentioned three times in the Bible, and the word disciple is mentioned 269 times. What does that tell you? And Jesus, in all of his teachings, was extreme, and especially when it, when it came to discipleship, and a lot of people uh, actually didn't follow Jesus no more because his sayings were so hard. We find about this in, in uh, John 6. And so that's why he said, uh, many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, did I not do this and that in your name? And he will say, I never knew you because you didn't do the will of God. Well, in this class, we will help to teach you how to do the will of God. I want to share something with you quickly before we get to the callers that's uh, – uh, really interesting, uh, and uh, I think you'll find this uh, uh, hilarious, but yet has a lot of meaning to it. Uh, squirrels, squirrels at church, squirrels at church. Uh, the Presbyterian Church called a meeting to decide what to do about squirrels' infestation. After much prayer and consideration, they concluded that the squirrels were predestined to be there and they shouldn't interfere with God's divine will. At the Baptist church, the squirrels had taken an interest in the baptistry. The deacons met and decided to put a water slide on the baptistry and let the squirrels drown themselves. The squirrels liked the slide, and unfortunately, they knew instantly how to swim. Uh, so twice as many squirrels showed up the following week. Then the Lutheran Church decided that they were not in the position to harm any of God's creation, so they humanly trapped the squirrels and set up, set them free near the Baptist Church. 
Uh, two weeks later, the squirrels were back when the Baptists took down the water slide. But the Catholic Church came up with a very creative strategy. They baptized all the squirrels and made them members of the church. Now, they only see them at Christmas and Easter. <laughs> now, much was heard from the, not much was heard from the Jewish synagogue. They took the first squirrel and circumcised him. They haven't seen the squirrels since. <laughs> I thought that that's an interesting uh, stories uh, on uh, something that's kind of a little bit hilarious for us to, to think about. All righty. Well, let's get to the uh, callers there. We're not encouraging people to go around and <laughs> circumcise squirrels. Okay. okay. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think we have enough nuts running around trying to avoid squirrels. Anyway. That's right. <laughs> our first call is Brother Rick. Brother Rick, how you doing? Very squirrely sense of humor. I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I didn't want to be the one to say it, but I knew it was coming. <laughs> Saying what's on my mind. Yeah, yeah, I thought you would find it very interesting, especially with the Jewish synagogue one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh yeah. Uh huh. Okay. We we have we have so many jokes about different groups being circumcised. <laughs> so I, can, I can go all I can go all day on that. <laughs> all right. So what's well, up? What's up? Let, 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 I've been reading. Uh, I've been reading uh, Matthew twenty-five. 13, the parable on the ten virgins. Okay. And what is the significance of that parable, and what can we learn from it? Oh, that's a good question, you know, about the ten virgins there. You know, there's a lot of uh, misinterpretation uh, regarding uh, this story, this parable that Jesus was talking about. And uh, he's not emphasizing so much, and this is where the misinterpretation comes in, so much emphasizing the second coming, because most of the time we teach on this, we teach on the second coming uh, in relationship to this. Uh, I believe that Jesus is really emphasizing get ready now, uh, be ready now to meet him, because he talked about the wedding feast. That was then. That was right there. And he said that some was ready uh, to meet him, and, and five, and other five wasn't ready. And the thing that we really need to understand behind all of this, because he got into in, in this chapter later on and other uh, teachings, is that the separation of the sheep and the goats. So this is the thing, this is the key thing to remember with this and with Jesus' teaching. Most of his parables were directed at the Pharisees and when you even look at the story about the prodigal son, the elder son, Jesus was using that as an example of the Pharisees who were actually shutting the door on the Gentiles and other people who are trying to get close to God. They thought that they were the only ones. And so Jesus is using that parable, that story, uh, to uh, bring these things out. So what Jesus is really hitting at, he's really uh, talking in essence right directly at the Pharisees, that there are some people, uh, there are five that came to the wedding feast and they were ready, but the Pharisees, 
They wanted nothing to do with Jesus and any type of invitation he had. So he was knocking right at their their door and letting them know, really, that their religion is going to send them straight to hell. The only way that you're going to get saved is to know him and, and take advantage of his invitation. And so he's hitting right at the Pharisees and just understand that most of Jesus' parables were hitting right at the heart of these uh, hounds of hell, these religious leaders who constantly rejected him. And he's using these five virgins to give an illustrative illustration of, uh, of them, how they've rejected him over and over, and uh, even were a part of the people that put him on the cross. So hopefully that give, that's given you some additional insight into this. Amen. You know, I'm just thinking about it in terms of applications today as uh, as Christians, mm-hmm. because the real challenge the, the real challenge for us today is you know when we're out there in the world, mm-hmm. we want we want to be we want to be inviting the people to come in and get to know Jesus. Yes, we want to we want to be inviting. We want to invite people, but uh, people need to realize that they need to not be like the Pharisees and reject that invitation because today. This parable is is related to the Pharisees of his day, but it's a wake-up call to us today to not be like the Pharisees because when the invitation was given to them, they rejected it, and people today can be have the same type of mentality as well. Yeah, because we're, we're really not selling religion. We're there to, to, to open up the relationship. Absolutely. And that's, I think a lot of times that's missing because we get into, we get into so many arguments about religion, mm-hmm. and the religion part is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's get Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yep. So we just uh, thank the Lord that uh, Jesus is always there to challenge us, to uh, put those invitations out. You know, that's why he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, you know. And we need to hear that knock, and we need to open that door up when he's knocking at our heart, and he's constantly doing that over and over again. Do you have uh, any prayer requests before we uh, let you go? We have about a minute before we get to the commercial break. Uh, my main, my main, main prayer request is pray that I, I'm able to sleep at night. Okay. That's probably my prayer request. I mean, there are many others, but really emphasize that one tonight. All righty. Well, let's go before the Lord in prayer. We're going to have Brother Gary to do that. All right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We thank you for all that you poured into his life over these years. We thank you, Lord God, and we just pray that you continue to bless him, continue to strengthen him, continue to encourage him, continue to bless him, continue, Lord, to meet every need that's represented in his life, continue, Lord, to uh, help him in his physical man as well with so many things that are challenging him, we just pray, Lord God, for a good night's sleep, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would give him rest, that you, Lord God, would give him peace, and that you, Lord God, would give him the ability to sleep, Lord God, because you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. And so, Lord God, grant that request, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick, uh, for your call as well as your question, and uh, God bless you as well. Brother Gary. All right. So let's see. Who do we want to go to next? Oh, we're going to take a break (laughs) (laughs) next. So our phone lines are open. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. 
Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And again, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for this ministry and all of you who have been consistent in your giving. We can't thank you enough. Uh, this is definitely a prayer-driven ministry, and it's also a listener-supported ministry. And right now, we have a deficit of $318 that we need to make up, and we need your help to do it. There's two ways that you can donate. First, simply uh, get a check or money order and send it to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second is go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. It's that simple, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We just want to encourage you to continue to pray for this ministry, and as God leads you, be a blessing financially to us. Uh, in addition, Dr. Buckner, once again, is going to be teaching a class beginning this Monday, uh, September the 9th. It's going to be held at the East Bay Baptist Association office located at 1221 Pacific Avenue in San Leandro, California. It's entitled, What Does It Mean to Be an Extreme Disciple? Part 2. So we want to encourage you, if you're available, to come out uh, to this class. You'll be a You'll definitely be blessed by Dr. Buckner's over 30 years of, t- of training and teaching. And so we want to encourage you, make this a priority. Uh, it's so important. If you're interested, contact him at area code 415-721-1778. That's area code 415-721-1778. Or you can reach him online at jlbcftf at comcast.net. That's jlb. CFTF at Comcast.net. If you're interested in this class, it runs from September the 9th through October 7th. Um, so we want to encourage you to step out, to come out. What time does it start, Dr. Buckner? It starts at 7 and it goes till 9. And so we're looking forward to uh, some of you coming out and being blessed. Uh, the tuition is 100 uh, and people can. Uh, break that up in the five weeks, uh, and we will work with those who are struggling financially as well. So, it's, so there will be no excuse for you not coming. So, anyway, uh, keep it in mind, pray about it, and we hope that you'll come out and get blessed, and uh, so you can grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. In addition to that, Doctor Buckner, you're going to be. Uh, guest speaking tomorrow at uh, the Living Word Chapel in Nevada, 1929 Nevada Boulevard in Nevada. And so we want to encourage you to come out to 11 o'clock service and and visit with Dr. Buckner, and uh, you'll be blessed there as well. All right. It's time for us to get back to these callers, I think. Let's do that, Brother Kerry. All right. Brother Cece's been waiting patiently. Brother Cece, how are you doing? All right, how you guys doing? Can you, can you hear me clearly? Because usually uh, my headphones sometimes be acting up. If you can't hear me clearly, I'm going to take them off. Take them off. Yeah, take, take them, them off. off. We're getting some static. That's the problem. Okay, can you hear me now? That's oh, that's much, much better. better. Much better. Okay, yeah, my headphones be doing that. Okay. All righty, and uh, we have some uh, additional uh, callers, so we're going to get right to your uh, question. And what's on your heart tonight? I want to ask you about First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5. Okay, and what would you like to know about that? Um, what 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 is Paul signifying in that, that passage right there? 
Okay, and you have your Bible there? Yeah. Okay, why don't you read it for the listeners? Okay, all right. It says, I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather you prophesy, for greater is he that prophesies than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Thank you so much. Uh, this is a very good uh, scripture here uh, because it really gives uh, a black eye to those who uh, are constantly saying that everybody has to speak in tongues. Uh, if you don't, there's something lacking in your life. And uh, But according to the Apostle Paul, he never says that there's anything uh, lacking in your life because in in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, he, you know, gets into a lot of different things. And then he uh, says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, have all the gifts of healing, in verse uh, 30, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. Now, this is a negative in the Greek, meaning that not all speak in tongues, not all have the gift of healing, not all interpret, but he is saying that all, uh, you know, uh, he would desire for them all to speak with tongues, but he knows that uh, they're not all going to do that from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 30. So he's saying that this is one thing that you can do that we can all prophesy if we're called to do that. We can all prophesy, meaning another word for prophesy means to preach. And so he says that this is a greater thing. This is a greater. He mentions that this is greater than speaking in tongues. It's uh, one of the greatest things that you can do in the church other than love, because love in First Corinthians 13 is the greatest thing. This is great greater than uh, speaking in tongues and interpreting uh, to prophesy, but the greatest thing that's above that, even prophesying, is love. So what he's saying here is that uh, to focus on, uh, if you don't speak in tongues, to prophesy on preaching, you know, because this is the greater uh, thing is to prophesy. And then he goes on to say, uh, prophesy then he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. So when you interpret things, people are going to benefit from that, even if it's speaking in tongues, because, you know, it's going to be a form of getting uh, something out of the word of God. But when you prophesy, it's going to have the greatest effect as far as edification, because you want to be able to uh, focus on edifying people above everything else. And the greatest way that we can do that, according to the Apostle Paul, with the Holy Spirit upon him, is to prophesy, is to preach the word. That's what Paul says, preach the word in season and out. He talked about that in Second Timothy chapter uh, what's, uh, chapter 14 or something like that. He talked about that, you know, so uh, we are... Uh, to prophesy, and that's what he wants us to do, is to be faithful in prophesying the Word of God and faithful in preaching the Word of God and faithful into doing what God is calling us to do. And we know 
that if we do that and we stay faithful to that, he's going to bless us immensely and heavily. So that's what he's leaning on to uh, tell us to do. I believe that that's First Corinthians chapter, Second uh, Timothy, rather. Let me get to that Second Timothy. I want to make sure I give you the right thing on that. Second Timothy chapter four. That's what it is. Second Timothy chapter four, not fourteen. Second Timothy chapter four. Okay, hopefully that helps out, and uh, that's an encouragement to you. A lot of encouragement. I, I got it. Very good. Well, God bless you, and thank you for your call. And we'll get to, when we have more time next time, we'll get to your uh, prayer as well as, um, uh, you know, you giving some reflection over the message. Okay, I appreciate it. And I appreciate the listening audience out there. If they could pray for me on their own. Okay. You, you and your wife can pray for me later. We sure will. God bless. Thank you. God bless. All right. All right. Let's go to Jermaine. Brother Jermaine. Hello. How are you hey. doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. Oh, good, good. Good to hear your voice tonight. And what's on your heart, my brother? Well, just um, want to think about the uh, relationships between, I guess I can say, humans and animals. Um, you know, I, I hear what Scripture says about it, but I see the way some people tend to uh, treat their animals, and you know, it's admirable that they, they some of the animals do a great job as far as being good companions. But it seems like some folks go way too far. And they almost make the animal equal with human. Um, you know, I know there's a whole vegan versus uh, meat eater push, and people don't necessarily get into battles, in my opinion. But I just wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on how you you weigh the treatment of animals versus what people how they think they should be treated versus how some people treat them. Because I, I understand there's no point in some folks torturing and killing animals for no reason. But then they would also argue, well, look at you guys, you're eating them, that's worse. And, you know, that, that's obvious nonsense, but I just want to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, the, if we're going to um, uh, kill animals, because the Bible does say, when it says thou shall not kill, uh, you know, that's the Hebrew word is thou shall not murder. So God is not saying that you shouldn't kill, so we can kill uh, animals for the purpose of eating. We should not kill animals for the purpose of sports. And we need to remember that uh, animals are, even though they are not created in God's imago day in God's image, they are still God's creation. And God wants us to take uh, good care of uh, his creation, whether it is uh, animals or it's the earth. And we have to uh, respect it and govern it and uh, treat it uh, with uh, with respect and not just kill as a sport or to disrespect uh, God's creation in any form, in any fashion as in terms of that. So uh, animals um, uh, are good. Uh, they are created for the purpose of eating. Uh, many of them and others are not They're created for the purpose of eating. And many of them are created to be a, a uh, support for us and uh, in our homes and many other places that we have. People have dogs and cats and that sort of thing. But we should never uh, mistreat God's creation, whether it is uh, a human being or an animal, because uh, God uh, will judge us uh, for that. And, you know, you think about all of those animals that got on the ark, you know, God was was caring for them. You know, he could have let just the human beings get on there, 
but he let the animals get on there because he cared about their reproduction as well and the human's reproduction. So God, that shows the heart of God towards animals with the ark because it had all those animals. And then after all, he created them. He created them. There was a great part of his creation. And then not only is it a great part of his creation, but there'll be a great part of God's creation in the new heaven and the new earth. Animals will be here. So we better really respect God's creation by which he has made. That's serious. So hopefully that's given a little insight when looking at it from, uh, you know, not only on earth now, but in the future, you know, when the new heaven and new earth there will be animals, there'll be a recreation of the uh, Garden of Eden all over again, and God will have animals there too because he takes great pleasure in animals by which he's created, and we need to respect them just like we respect the earth as well. Yeah, um, I'll have a part two for you next week, but that, that was truly a great answer, Dr. Buckner. There's some things I hadn't uh, I actually hadn't considered, so thank you for that. Well, thank you for listening, too, and uh, yeah, you can balance that out with the creation and the, and the future creation as well. We'll we'll go with your, with your part two next next week. Let's see if we can squeeze... Uh, Sophia. Sophia. Sophia, how are you doing? Well, I'll be very fast because I delayed. I wait my question for next week. So what I want to say real fast before the music starts is that um, I, of course, be praying for the living word um, chapel. You know, the, the parents are terrible. I pray for them to get through their grief at the loss of their daughter. But uh, before, I'm not, I don't have time for my question, but I want to say to Rick, I know when I don't sleep, I, I say out, out loud, you know, when I lie down, I will not be afraid. Yes, I will lie down on my sleep and my dreams will be sweet. Now, I keep repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. So I put out all the thoughts that might come into my head or pains I might be feeling. I say it, say it, and then eventually right. I get well, you so know tired, what? I fall asleep. Sophia, unfortunately, our time is out. Next time when you call, we'll try to get you first so we can have time with you. But thank you, and we will uh, take those prayer requests in consideration. All right, Brother Gary. All right. Well, please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 